Welcome to the Hope Community Church Podcast. This is Drew. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope. And today um, I get the chance to meet with Kaylin. She's on staff with us, just became a full-time staff now, officially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's going to share, she has some, uh, just part of her story um, and kind of how she came to know Jesus and what things she's dealing with. And uh, and we'll talk about running, which is one of my favorite things <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> Uh, it is one of your things, probably favorite things. I love talking about running. You, I know. Um, anyway, so that's kind of it. We're excited to talk to her today. Why don't we start? Maybe just share a little, like, what do you do at Hope? Maybe like really short. How did you get to Hope? Sure. And connected here, and then we'll go backwards to okay. your story. Uh, so my name's Kaylin, and I uh, my title is Ministry Associate of Connections and Discipleship. Oh. Um, yeah, it's kind of a lot. So. The connections part is overseeing hospitality or any ways that new people would get connected to Hope. So hospitality or coffee ministry, uh, the new to Hope gathering that you see on Sunday mornings. Um, and then the discipleship part is um, I get the opportunity to be part of our small group staff team. Um, I co-teach Shape with Natty, Stan Oster, and typically an intern. Um, I oversee our education hours that happen on Sunday mornings. And then I also work with LDI Offroad. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. How did you get connected to Hope in the first place? Um, let's see. Kind of two ways. So I grew up in the cities and I went to college in Eau Claire. And then when I was coming back to the cities, my pastor in Eau Claire, I was kind of nervous about finding community. And mm -hmm. he was like, well, I know this pastor downtown. I should go check out his church. So yeah. then I came to Hope and I was like, I don't really fit in because... They sing hymns and wear flannels and like <laughs> seemed very hipster. That didn't seem like you fit in. No, not like at that. all. Yeah, yeah, I was like, but the only thing I was drawn to was everyone's my age. And that yeah. was not my church experience in Eau Claire. Um, and then I started a new job at a chiropractic clinic down in Lakeville. And the, um, the front desk lady, the receptionist, yeah. her three daughters go here. And really? so it's... Linda Jones, who's Mickey, Alexa, and Haley. How crazy. I know. So uh, she's like, so are you going to go to church down in, uh, when, now that you're here? And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Hope. And she's like, oh my gosh, you have to go there. My daughters love it. And like, she was super pumped about it. Yeah. And then she was like, you should go. And so I don't know. I met her daughter, Haley. And then I said, That's a going. crazy connection. Yeah. That's so fun that you happened to, what were you doing there at uh, the clinic? I was a chiropractic assistant. Ooh, so as like patients that. come in, yeah. I would do like massage on them. Wow. Or, like muscle work is what we'd yeah. call it. Is that what you went to school for? Uh, I went to school for kinesiology. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. What do people usually do with that? Kinesiology? Yeah. Um, they do like, you can do exercise science, so like cardiac rehab. Um, you can do PT, uh, OT. Um, you can do athletic training. Oh, yeah. Uh, dietetics. Oh, yeah. So. Huh. Did yeah. you think you were going to do something like that? Yeah. So I went in, well, originally I was a Spanish ed major. Wow. That's different than that. <laughs> yeah. And then I studied abroad in Spain, came back. So like the major, but there was like, I don't know, there wasn't like a draw to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and I just started getting into like running and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to go and be a dietetic. Um, and then I, so I was pursuing that and learned how to take OCHEM and did not want to take organic chemistry. <laughs> That's a class you always hear from people. Yeah. They change majors because of OCHEM. Yep. It's a, I've never taken OCHEM, so I don't know, no. but it sounds not Horrible. fun. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. So yeah. That's funny. So then I was like, maybe I'll do exercise science. Uh, and I didn't want to do cardiac rehab. If I were going to do exercise science, I really wanted to work with athletes, um, and do, there's like a test called the VO2 max and it's like finding your peak athletic ability. And I thought that was fascinating and I loved doing that and like helping people gain like more ability to do things. And, um, but that's like, I mean, it's a ton of research and I wanted to work primarily with runners and Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then I became a believer and then the Lord totally just changed, changed all, all that. that. That's so, so fascinating. And yeah. when, how long ago was that that you came to Hope? Uh, 2014. Wow, four years now. Mm-hmm. Seems like a long time and not a long time. No, yeah. Quick and long. Huh. Well, let's go all the way back then. I do want to hear before all that. Sure. Because you had a life before you came to Hope. I did, yes. Um, maybe like a quick... Where'd you grow up and yep. what was your family like? Uh, I grew up in Egan, Apple Valley area. Uh, I went to Eastview High School and then... My what's, freshman- your, what's your mascot there? Uh, lightning. The lightning. The lightning. Zap. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. That was the name of the lightning Zap bolt? the lightning bolt. It's perfect. I know. It's sad. I love mascots. Funny. Yeah. So, all right. Eastview. Yep. Grew up there. Um, freshman year, right before freshman year, actually... Uh, my parents uh, divorced or separated, then they divorced a year later. Um, so then my mom moved to Lakeville, Farmington area. My dad moved to Apple Valley. Um, and then after high school, I like education was like the only thing I knew that I wanted to do. Uh, and I really loved Spanish a lot. I had gone to Spain in high school and like that was my favorite class. Yeah. So I was like, I'll do Spanish ed. And then, yeah, went to college uh, at Eau Claire. Um, studied Spanish and then, yeah, it was the only school I applied to. I think that was just like, really, yeah, the Lord's grace. Did you have a connection there? My aunt who I admire, she's also a runner. Um, she went to a Claire for education. And so I'd like growing up, I was like, I want to be like her. I want to be able to run and like teach. And so I applied to Claire and got in. What is her name? Carrie. Carrie. Aunt Carrie. Aunt Carrie. Aunt Carrie. You're an aunt, <laughs> not an aunt. Yep. I have an aunt Carrie, not an aunt Carrie. Yeah. Who also is great. Mm-hmm. Huh, not a runner though. Um, <laughs> let's back up a little bit about your family. How aware were you of stuff with a divorce? I mean, was that a hard? Yeah, I think it was hard. Um, was it like a, because uh, people have said before, uh, like it, it wasn't fun that they got divorced, but our house was kind of chaotic when sure. they were together. I think, um, I had the image that we were like this, like, cause so is me and my brother. My brother is, we're 14 months apart. So he's just a year younger than me. And I think I had this like, uh, idea that we were this all American like family. So, mm-hmm. you know, me and my brother played sports. My dad coached. Um, we had like close, uh, family friends and went camping and like bike rides and all that stuff. Uh, and so I think, but my parents fought a lot. And now looking back, I wouldn't say like they had e- like even a healthy friendship. Um, and so, but at the time, I think the vo- divorce or the separation was like, cause we had a family meeting, you know, and like, I didn't grow up in a house with family meetings. Yeah. You're like, why is there a family meeting? <laughs> and so they call it a family meeting. Yeah. They're like, Hey, cause me and my brother had friends over and they're like, Georgie and Heather need to go home. Like, we're going to have a family meeting. And I was like, well, they're going to know anyways. Like, can't they just stay here? And they're like, no. 
So you knew something was up then. Yeah. Oh. Um, and it was, I mean, it was hard because I remember seeing my mom like sitting in the kitchen uh, at the island crying. And my dad was explaining everything. And he was just saying that he's going to be moving out for a little bit while they try and like figure out yeah. what their next steps are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that was end of August, September. It was like Labor Day weekend. Uh, and then November, my mom had shared that my dad had had an affair. And so I think that was like, whoa. And then she shared that with us because he, um, who he had an affair with, her name is Shira. She was moving in with him. And so like we had set up, yeah. Like we had set up, we'll go to my dad's on Tuesdays. Um, and it was like, I mean, my parents get along well now. And I would say like through high school, let's see, my dad still would come to, like my soccer games and my hockey games, he came to like homecoming and prom pictures and things like that. And like my parents were very um, civil, I guess, when they were in those places together. Um, when we'd get back from like when I went to Spain in high school, my dad like invited my mom over so that they could both hear from me about my trip. And like mm. they wanted to, I think even like the first two Christmases, my dad still came over Christmas morning Um and so, although my mom was hurt, uh, well, and so at this time too, is when my mom started, we had grown up going to Catholic mass, um, and I didn't really like care about those things. Um, but then we started going to a church called Hosanna in Lakeville. And I remember going and it's like, people are raising their hands in the air during worship. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this is not Catholic mass, but I did think- you like it or did you didn't, you didn't like it? Um, I think I liked it because it didn't seem dry. Mm. Um, but I don't think I was like, I want to go either. Mm. I was just, I think I admired my dad more than my mom. So it was like hard to get along with my mom or like want to like follow her lead and things Mm -hmm. now. Um, but I think it was really the Lord's grace working in my mom's heart to like have my dad present at things. And cause that's when my mom started pursuing the Lord more and just like oh. had a lot of healing yeah. from that time. So that's cool. Yeah. And she got connected then at that church. Yeah. And then eventually now she goes river Valley and Apple Valley. Okay. Yeah. Her and her husband do. Oh, that's so. cool. I didn't know that yeah. about your family. Yep. So then what, um, so that then you went through high school Yep. and then went to college at Eau Claire. Yep. And then in the midst of all of that, is that like when you first started becoming interested in <laughs> life as a Christian or that was not what was happening? So I had a, well, I met a girl my freshman year. Her name is Casey. Um, and we are very different. So I would like, I guess my freshman year of college, I would have classified myself as like the sporty athletic like type. Uh, and Casey, we lived on the same floor. And I remember move-in day. I walked by a room. I didn't know it was her room yet. I walked by a room and it was pink, like everywhere. And I was like, who are these girls? And like, they had like mini skirts on and like wedge shoes and like princess tiaras everywhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to like live with these people. Uh, But the Lord like had something else in mind because Gacy uh, was the one who eventually led me to the Lord. But uh, we became, wow. like, really quick friends. And she grew up in a house. Her parents had divorced, and her dad, after the divorce, started pursuing the Lord. And so she, I would say, was one all through college who, like, 
wanted to pursue her faith, but then she also was involved in like the partying scene. Mm -hmm. And so there'd be times where she would like go out and like drink and get drunk, but then times where she'd stay home and like read her Bible. And it's like, I'm not doing that. And so she invited me to go to crew. Um, and I'd gone a couple times my freshman year and then went to this Bible study. Uh, and they were what, going, what made you do that? Casey. Just because you just wanted yeah. to go with her. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, I think I was slightly interested, uh, but I don't think I like knew enough or like, I think always in my mind, it was like, this is something I'll just do after mm -hmm. college. Yeah, yeah. Um, because so then I go to this Bible study and they were going through Ephesians five, which I think it's in Ephesians five where it says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, mm -hmm. but instead be filled with the spirit. And I was like, well, if that's what the Bible says, like, this is something I do not want to be a part of because like, I knew at that moment, like I wanted to like live it up in college. Um, you didn't want to be a part of the Bible. Yeah. Not a part. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't convicted and stopped. No, no, it did not convict me. <laughs> so it that actually just, like, cause it clarified, this is what the, this is what they believe. Mm -hmm. And so now at least I know, and I don't want to be a part of this. Right. Okay. So yeah. And then, but it was still just interesting to like watch Casey kind of like work through it all. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so then I would say I partied hard freshman, sophomore, junior year. And then when you say party hard, you mean like bought, go to the bars, go to house parties, not yeah. remember my nights, okay. um, things like that. So yeah. It was, I mean, I would say I look back on it now. I'm like, well, that is a very different life. And like, I kind of feel sad for like the person, like how I allowed myself to like do those things. Um, but I also know if it wasn't for those things, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now either. So, yeah. But what yeah. do you, what do you think led you to do that? To party? I mean, now that you, now like now you like meet with people and help yeah. them think through like, what's the deeper yeah. thing? Yeah. If you I think, went back and counseled yourself. I think I would be like, I think I wanted to fit in. Um, and like my mom always, she had like rules for things, but never said why. And so like, don't have sex before you're married. Don't drink, but never said like, this is why. Yeah. Um, and I think. So I, once you were like confronted with those, you there wasn't any foundation for why that mattered. Right. You went, this seems actually awesome. Yeah. So why? And like people seem to be having fun. And those other people are meeting and reading a book. Right. So, um, yeah. Right. That's and interesting. Yeah. So it was really, and I don't think like, I remember at one point in my freshman year saying like, I don't really have like values or standards for myself. And I'm like, why would I say that? Like <laughs> I, I totally do now. But like, I really think my freshman year, it was just like, I'm going to do like whatever I want. And like, mm -hmm. Finally, I don't have like rules or like a curfew or like something telling me to not do these things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you did them. I did. <laughs> Just follow your heart and Ed. <laughs> do what you want to do. Yeah. I don't, I think So what, it, you changed your junior year then? So it changed my, so I was a camp counselor out in Maine for a summer and um, I would say that was probably like a big turning point. Okay. Um, there was two guys that I had like, I guess, gotten with at some point. And I went out there with my best friend from college, this, uh, male friend. 
Um, it was the three, there's three of us that were really good friends. And so him and I decided to camp counselors out in Maine and he like witnessed all of these things like that I was pursuing and doing, um, on our, like our days off. And as we were driving back, he had said, wow, like this is not the Kalen that I know. And I was like, oh gosh. And then thinking too, like, I'm not happy either. Like with Mm. where my life is. And like, I felt sad that I had no, like, I guess like anchor or like a standard or even value for myself. I was just like giving myself away to partying and boys. Mm and recognizing just the emptiness that I felt in that. And then hearing him say that, I was like, okay. And like, I didn't really know what that meant. Uh, That same summer, Casey, so we had been roommates then all through college. um, Casey came back and was like, I've been going to church all summer and I like love it. And it's something I want to pursue now that we're back in Eau Claire. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I just had a crazy summer where I just feel like dirty and like, I don't want to go to church. Mm. Um, so this was the, cause you had that feeling that a lot of people have of like, I, in some sense, probably need to clean myself up Yeah. if I, if I'm going to enter a church, right? Cause 'Cause churches are for like clean people. Well, and they'll like know that I'm like this dirty sinner who like, (laughs) the alarm will go off. (laughs) Yeah. There's a sinner in the building. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, but because I (laughs) didn't really like stand up for myself or have much of a backbone, I just like followed Casey. And so she was like, let's go to church. And so I was like, okay. And I, in my mind was only going to go once. And we go to this church that is like next to the dorms on campus and it's called the bridge. And, uh, we walk in and she said, there was like the info table or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she said, my dad said the best way to get connected to a church is to join a small group. And I was like, Casey, I'm just coming like, there's no way I'm joining a small group. And she, so she walk over to this table and she signs us up for the 20 something college age small group. And I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, no, I like, am just coming for today. Um, and then I think it was either that night or the following week was like their first night meeting. And (laughs) Casey was like, before we got there or before like they met, cause it was on a Sunday night. Casey was out with her boyfriend doing something. So we were going to meet there and like my timely Janus manner gets mm-hmm. to places on time. Well, I think I even arrived a little early thinking they start at six or whatever. So I get there a little early and the pastor and his wife are the ones hosting this. So here's me like not a believer, follower of Christ, like not really interested. Yeah. I'm the first one to arrive to their house and they're just like asking me all these questions. I'm like, I don't want to be here. This is like the worst thing ever. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And I was so mad at Casey for like not being on time. And, but then that was like the fall that I actually like realized Sundays were my favorite day of the week. Mm. Cause you like, kept going to the small group. Yeah. Just out of like, like loyalty to your friend. And I think out of like interest of like recognizing Cause I would say after, when I got back from camp, I went into like a low depression, uh, or like even just like a low point. Like I wanted to sleep all the time, just lay in my bed, not really go to class. Uh, I would like drink hard because I just like felt just like completely empty. Um, but then I would go to church and I would see these people engaging with one another and then see people even like my age at this small group. And I'm like, 
I just, I don't know. You see the Lord's like love and you see his just like joy and kindness like displayed in these people. And it was like, they have something that I desire and they seem like happy and content and they enjoy their life without like drinking and yeah, you were seeing life. Yeah. And it was attractive. Oh my gosh. It was so attractive. Especially probably like in my story, I didn't uh, see death as clearly. Like it still felt kind (laughs) of like life. Uh, But in that, like you really were experiencing like, this is, what death looks like. Yeah. All I think these I things just, like, keep bringing death. It. I think for four years, because Casey was so back and forth, I didn't really understand like the life that the Lord offers to us. With yeah. Him, so. Cause she was like the, what you look to as uh-huh. what is a Christian. And, yeah. And that was kind of back and forth. Yeah. Huh. So then you went and then that was the year you, so that was fall. And then, uh, the next year Casey had like a heavy class load. And so she was like, I can't be part of uh, the small group again because uh, they like operate in semesters. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to either because at this point still, like I was interested, but I wouldn't say I was like a believer at this point. Um, and so I let Sue, who's the pastor's wife, know that I wasn't going to be doing it. And she like came to the point of coming to my house to give me the book saying, you are going to be part of this small group this year. And I was like, <gasps> Okay. So you did it. I did <laughs> by myself. And I like, don't like do. So I mean, she's the second person now who like just signed you up yeah. and told you to go mm-hmm. at this point. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, you probably wouldn't have done that on your own. Oh, well, you no. tried not to on your own. I wasn't going to. She just came and told you to come. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, I'd say the April around Easter is when I clearly heard the gospel. Wow. And I was like, whoa. This, like, I remember it was a sermon on the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. And it was like, if Jesus is the only way, and if he offers the life, like, through him alone, then that's what I want. And so then I stopped drinking. Oh, cool. And, I mean, I have, like, drinks now, but yeah. I stopped Did you have a, was it a pretty, like, radical change? Oh, or yeah. Slow? No. Uh, I lost, well, oof, that was what we had, probably a month and a half left of school. And so I did a super senior year. So this is my first senior year. Um, I had a lot of friends that were like, what the heck? And like, I think I was trying to figure it out. So I don't think I, I don't think I did it well, but all I knew is like, I can't go to the bars anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's where you hung out with people. Yeah. I mean, that's where you're. And like, I was a people gatherer too. And so like we would pregame before drinking Uh um and i we'd always had people at our house and all of a sudden they're like what the heck like what are you doing now and yeah yeah wow i remember i made sure i told all my friends they were sinners right away (laughs) (laughs) because i was like it was so incredible to me yeah as stuff started hitting that and now i think how silly was that i know i just didn't know what I was doing, but it, it's so hard to hear, to yeah. think back and think, oh, that was not I wish helpful. I could have done that differently. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, a quick change then. Yeah. And then you had one more year of college. Yeah. And that year you were, no one had to coerce you into <laughs> no. things. That year, like I was looking forward to going back to Eau Claire because yeah. I went home for the summer. Yeah. Um, and that was hard because my family uh, aren't, I mean, my mom uh, was pursuing church, but like, it wasn't something I could talk about with her. And then mm-hmm. my dad not. And then my friends from high school, uh, yeah. it wasn't part of their life too. 
And so like the temptation, I, and I was working as a server and a bartender. So like even the temptation of being in those settings was mm-hmm. really hard. So I was very much looking forward to going back to Eau Claire um, to like be in that community again. Yeah. But then I also was like, I don't have any friends anymore. I just have Casey. And um, so, yeah. Did you then the next year had to sort of like build a community friendship? Yeah. Well, and I'd say the Lord, like in his grace. So one of my best friends that lives in Eau Claire, um, her name is Lane. And at this time, Lane had just moved to Eau Claire to pursue her now husband, Luke. Um, And so there is Lane and then Casey and I were roommates together. And Casey only knew of one believer in her like cohort of teachers uh, and her name was Megan. And so when we got back to Eau Claire, Casey was like, let's hang out with my friend Megan because like this is the only person I know that's like, like really pursuing the Lord. And so then we had Megan over and Megan's like, I just got this new roommate. Her name's Lane. She just moved here from Tennessee. Like, could she come too? And so then the four of us hung out and eventually like Casey and Megan clicked a lot because of their like teaching and just like their interest. And then Lane and I clicked a lot because she has a similar background to me of like (laughs) partying and things like that. And then, so she became like, my friend who in like Christianity and then she, yeah. her Luke at the time was going to the bridge too. So then Lane and I were going to church together oh, and then like cool. the four of us, Megan, Casey Lane and I hung out a lot too. Uh, and so the Lord just like knew that gave you each other. Yeah. It was so sweet. That is really sweet. So I get to see them on Friday. Actually. Really? Mm-hmm. You, uh, do you get to see them often now? Uh, we try and see each other like once a month. Oh, that's nice. They have three little girls who are like, my favorite humans ever. Oh. Nora, Amelia, <laughs> and Olivia. I love them. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. That's such a cool thing. Yeah. To have people who feel like family. Yeah. I think that's a unique thing, too. They that call we me Aunt Kaylin. Oh, <laughs> but then they say Kaylin. Oh, that's like extra cute. That's like I better love it. than. Yeah. How old are they? Uh, they are. Nora will be five in December. So they're four, three, and two. Wow, that's a wild house. And then just got a puppy. Oh my goodness. And they're, they're in Eau Claire. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So then after that is when you came to Hope. Yeah. Well, so that was in 2012. Okay. So, um, decided to, so then this is the year I also started getting involved with Team World Vision. Um, and I felt. Explain what that is. So Team World Vision is an organization, uh, connected with World Vision. Um, and they recruit people to run or do like endurance events to raise money for clean water in Africa. Because what does Team Vision do? Team World Vision. Or or World Vision do. World Vision is um, like a humanitarian organization. Their biggest thing is child sponsorships. Um, And so I actually sponsor a child in Africa, uh, in Uganda. And then they help with like humanitarian relief um, and yeah, just provide like they call them ADPs. So it's a area development project. And so they'll go into a community saying, what are your top three needs? And then they work in a community for 10 to 12 years. And like they have an entrance plan and exit plan. So then the communities like can own what they've learned from World Vision by the end. Yeah. Yeah. So that's who we always would, um, or we've like bought goats for people. Yeah. At Christmas, they send me that cool catalog. Yeah. You can buy goats for yeah. people and things. It's, it's, it's a cool, they have, they do that so well yeah. that you feel like you're really a part of it. Right. Um, yeah. They make it really easy. Sense, to... Which is helpful for probably Americans, especially I know. to feel. Like... <laughs> so Team World Vision, you're like on a running team. 
Yeah. And as a team, you're raising money for them. Yeah. So in 2012, Sue approached me saying, hey, I just learned about this organization. Sue became my mentor eventually. This was um, the pastor's wife. Yeah, the one yeah. who knocked on my door. <clears throat> um, so she wanted me to be like a running coach for the team. So then that year I like watched her lead. The next year uh, we co-led. And then the following year she was like, here, go and lead oh, yeah. this team. This is in Eau Claire. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so I, and in all of that, like the Lord kind of shifted my heart to not pursue kinesiology. And like I told Sue at one point, like I desire to move toward like church ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she was a huge influence in that. Um, and so she started discipling me a lot and then helped me learn how to like lead Team World Vision. So the first year we had started with, uh, gosh, like 20. The next year we had 50 people and the following year we had 72. And like, I eventually got connected with the um, area director in the Twin Cities. And so he did a, a lot of coaching for me and started like inviting me to go to like different expos with him and like learning opportunities of how to um, kind of like grow a team and coach yeah. and be able to even like, so I met with a lot of my last year there, I met with a lot of pastors in the Eau Claire area, uh, sharing with them about world vision and asking if they would like be part of our team. Um, which I like look at that and I'm like, I think I was 24, 23. I'm like, where did like that courage (laughs) like come from? But I don't know. The Lord was just like gracious in that and gave me the ability to do that. But so it was really neat to like have it be a community thing. Um, and then at one point too, even the Eau Claire Marathon made a donation to Team World Vision because oh, they had cool. like seen all that's of our really runners cool. like being part of it and stuff. Wow. So. So when you came here, you continued that then? So I moved here for a job with okay. World Vision. Um, in the, gosh, when was that? The spring of 2014 in March, I'd went down, gone down to Chicago um, to be part of like a national captain's gathering of uh, World Vision. And uh, I felt like when I was down there, because I'd gotten to know Bradley fairly well, the guy who works in the cities, um, I just felt like the Lord was saying, like just praying and journaling a lot and like came, just felt like a nudge towards moving back to the cities. Eau Claire kind of like, I kind of felt just like done there. Like mm-hmm. I felt restless and um, I just the vision of helping him grow the team because people in Chicago, like their team is over a thousand people that run the Chicago marathon. And I'm like, wow. I know the twin cities isn't as large as Chicago, but there's a ton of churches in the twin cities yeah. that could be part of this. And Bradley's only one guy. And so I wanted to come help him kind of expand. Um, and my pride felt self thinking that I could do that. But anyways, I talked with Bradley and talked with some close friends in Eau Claire asking like what they thought. And Bradley's like, this is perfect timing. Cause we're actually looking to hire um, wow. for, uh, like another position in the cities. Um, so I moved back and then I worked 30 hours a week at the chiropractic clinic. Um, and then I worked or I volunteered twice a week at world division offices. So that is cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And then how, how has that played out here now? Cause I've got to see that mm-hmm. there's like, when we have the twin cities marathon, <laughs> we show up that morning at hope yeah. and there's like people everywhere. Yeah were runners so i rachel saylor uh, was my first like coffee date 
and eventually became my mentor. So when you first came to Hope, you wanted to connect somehow. Yeah. And she was the coffee date date person. Uh So she got coffee with you. Yeah. And then we just kept meeting for coffee and then eventually had a mentorship, (laughs) (laughs) but which was great. Um, So I'd asked her, I told her about Team World Vision and uh, the desire to like bring it to Hope. Uh, And at the time, Seth was working here and he was like, this is kind of like your fence lines. So go, well, the first year there wasn't really anything here. I don't, 2014, no. But the second year I like built a team. And so I had like an informational session um, and like kind of promoting either Minnesota half marathon or the, um, uh, the marathon in October. And then I, yeah, just like recruited people to be part of the team. And then First Covenant used to host the worship service for like all the marathoners. Uh, But because I was going here and we're also very close, they asked if Hope would be willing to host. Um, And this is my first year of LDI. So then, yeah, the runners came here and I was like, my worlds are colliding. Like, and Sue was running that marathon with me. And so it was really fun to like have her see Hope. Uh, And then to have like, Hope people and Team World Vision people that I like love dearly, like together in one spot, worshiping the Lord before running the marathon. And that's yeah. really cool. How many people did you have last year? Uh, there was a lot of people around. Yeah. Oh, like for the worship service? Yeah. Or on your team? Oh, like the Hope team or like, like the uh, World Vision Twin team? Cities yeah. marathon? There's 500 people. So probably like 200, I think a little over 200 came to the worship service that morning. That's cool. Yeah. And then 500 were on the team. Yeah. World Vision. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And that is something that's growing now? Yeah, I would say it's growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And yeah. So every year, is do you just meet like just for the marathon or are there other? Yeah. So uh, training for the marathon starts if, so they have kind of two different programs. They have a base training program, which is basically a couch to 5K. And that starts in April. And so starting April, they have group runs every Saturday morning. Oh, and they cool. kind of are all across the metro. They first used to just meet at Wabin picnic area mm-hmm. at Minnehaha. And now they have teams that meet in the south suburbs and Minneapolis and Oakdale. Um, they, like St. Michael's team. Uh, I think they have a team that meets down in Rochester. So there's like more community in that oh, than yeah. just uh, the communities. We, we run together. Yeah, the community's huge. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a whole part of that world that I didn't understand yeah. until... I started meeting people here who are all connected to you doing this. Yeah. And then he, seeing Facebook posts of people getting together to run and, yeah. and prepare and, yeah. and, and being encouraged even by meeting other believers Oh yeah. and being able to run together yeah. and uh, hearing stories of like friendships and yeah. people even connecting to hope or other places, other yeah. churches because yeah. they were finding yeah. um, or new. I just, I met someone last year who had been just moved to the cities and was looking for people to run with. And thankfully someone at work said, Oh, I have friends I run with. Yeah. And then all these things connected and they're yeah. like now going to a church. It was a way actually to even yep. invite them in, which is so cool to yeah. see all, all that that does. I would say before I became a believer running for me was like all goal oriented, numbers oriented. What's my pace? Like how far am I going? I became a believer and I think the Lord just used it as a way to like, see the side of community that I hadn't experienced before. Mm. And so like, and I think Team World Vision was a huge part of that because all of a sudden it was like, I find joy in running with these people and I look forward to it because the conversations that you have when you're running, 
eight to 10 to 20 miles, like you're running for over an hour, over two hours. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I just learned a lot about you. You're talking to people while you're running. Yeah. That's a part of it. I, just, I was unaware of. Yeah. I always, my wife always talks about that. She, about how she's, you know, like works out with someone or yeah. she said, it's so fun. You get to like chat while you're, and I was like, oh, I don't ever think that like you talk to people or you can talk to people. Yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's a whole part of you don't think about you. Like it's like a, a version of a small group. Oh, for sure. And you're like running and yeah. sharing and you have this connection and yeah. that's really a cool thing yeah. that you don't, I don't think of when I see people running, oh, but sure. there, there's like a community there. As oh as, yeah. You like look forward to the long runs. Like, uh, I'd say, so Mariah and I, uh, when we were training for Twin Cities Marathon, I think it was two years ago. It was like, well, I know I'm just going to catch up with you for three hours on Saturday. So like we don't have yeah. to like really update each other right now on things That's so because cool. then we would just like talk. So you'd say this is, I mean, is this like the most enjoyable time you've had in you in running it yeah. for you? Mm-hmm. It, Cause but, there's all this, yeah. all, all these other things built into it other mm-hmm. than just run to finish a race. Right. That's really cool. And yeah. what, a, and then running with team world vision, then there's like a whole nother level of we have the opportunity to raise Money. money and awareness for some really oh my gosh, yeah. great things that really help people. It's humbling too, to just like share with people and to see how the Lord is like working in you to ask people and to like share even like, I don't feel like fundraising. And then how do you seek the Lord in that? You know, like yeah, yeah. I just feel tired and I just like, cause it takes a lot of energy to train for a marathon but then to also set aside time to like on top of that. Yeah. To, yeah. Which is like a marathon. Right. Yeah. How much money does the whole team raise about every year? Oh, uh, let's see. Last year, Chicago raised 1.2 million. What? Yeah. That's incredible. Isn't that amazing? That's just those people on the team asking people to donate money yeah, in Chicago. So wow. then, uh, I think last year, Twin Cities raised 400 or 500,000. That's incredible. Yeah. And they're running and yeah, I mean, it's like, what a cool thing. Yep. It is different. It is different for me if someone comes to me and says, I'm training and running. Yeah. And Will you, you join me There's something this? like, cause it feels like you're really bought into it mm-hmm. <clears throat> for you to say that to me is like, oh, she's really into this Yeah. in a different way than just like, I'm trying to raise money. This thing's cool. Yeah. Like, I really believe this is important enough yeah. to run on this team. Yeah. Not only that, it's just cool to see your team because you all are wearing like orange and <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're into it more Stand than like up. friends who just happen yeah. to run. And it's like such a source of encouragement. Like, uh, gosh, when Mar- that was 2015, I think was that marathon or maybe even 2016. Um, I was running, I got like sick at, I started not feeling well at mile six. And then I was like, this is going to be a long race. And so then I'd say mile eight, like still not feeling well. I think it was probably the first time I walked. And so that's where it was like, oh gosh, uh, mile 12. I remember seeing my mom and she's like, you look horrible. Cause like my face was like pale and oh, I just wow. like felt clammy and I just like wanted to throw up, but I like, couldn't like, I just, I did not feel well. Um, but at mile 12, there's two team world vision people that came and they, and I mean, I like, I knew them, but like, I didn't 
expect them to like stop and like yeah. check on me. And, uh, but they hung with me from mile 12 till we finished the marathon. Wow. And, um, it was humbling. I was so prideful. I was like, you guys have to stay with me. Like I'm yeah. fine. They're like, we are like one guy had, he's an iron man. And another woman like was like, I've been praying that the Lord would help me be of encouragement to someone. And so like, I wow. want to stay here and like be supportive. Oh, and if you have cool. to walk, we're going to walk. If you run, we run, but like, we're not going to leave. And I was like, Oh gosh. Okay. Thanks. Like, and it really, I mean, it truly blessed me to like have their support. Yeah. The whole race or the whole half of a race. How so, cool is that? Yeah. To like have that team aspect is just to really train unique. for that and like prepare for that. And then not actually get to run the race that you planned. Yeah. Because you're going to stop and help someone that's, yeah, that's a, that's convicting. It's a big deal. And really cool. Yeah. That's cool. And they knew that because you had your bright orange shirt. Yeah. <laughs> they knew you were part of the crew. <laughs> that's fascinating. Um, all right. I'm going to switch gears kind of dramatically. Okay. <clears throat> that's all that stuff is. So there's so much that I don't know or understand. Yeah. Because I don't run on Team World Vision, yeah. but I, I love it. Um, another thing that you've shared that I think has been really helpful is hearing kind of your journey through anxiety. Oh, with yeah. anxiety. Yeah. And where it's been. So maybe you want to share a little bit of like where that's been or how yeah. it's played out and even like currently what you're doing mm-hmm. to help uh, um so i was training for chicago marathon last year 2017 um and the week before so two days after twin cities marathon i had fallen down the stairs here at work and i got post <laughs> or i got a concussion which was horrible oh my gosh but uh i'd say that concussion I, don't, I just it needed to happen because my anxiety then was like more revealed um mm. i would say before no, that you didn't think it was well i think i was a functional okay person who like i think i like had anxiety i know i had anxiety before i became a believer like i remember multiple times in college like my chest hurting because oh yeah. i was like oh my gosh i have so much stuff going on i feel yeah. like i can't breathe um but i think somehow I just learned to, I don't know. I didn't really experience it. Like, I'm sure you also felt like that. I mean, those things feel like this is just how all people, right. All people this is get, normal. have a chest. This pain. is a normal thing. Yeah. Well, I'd say to my first year of LDI, there were times where I was like, Oh my gosh. But, um, yeah. And then I started, there was just like times where I was, I would just like spiral and I couldn't get out of thoughts. I couldn't get out of like lies and like, I would try and communicate it. And I just was like, uh-uh. I just feel like kind of crazy. And like, I know that this isn't like reality and I know these things aren't true, but like for some reason, yeah. it just like, um, like things, I think it was like relationships. I felt a lot of anxiety towards relationships. Um, and so that was really hard. Um, so I was living with Mark and Meg Hintz. Mark's an elder here at Hope. And they had been hosting me for, um, what, for three years of my LDI time. Um, so they had seen a lot of, like, rawness from me, like, in yeah. this time. Uh, because, like, not running the marathon. So I wasn't able to run Chicago because of my concussion. Uh, so not running the marathon was really hard. Um, and then I, all of a sudden, too, like, after my concussion, I would... I, I'm not a crier. Like I swear I cried probably once a day and I was like, what is going on? Like I never cry. I'd never get upset. But like we'd be in conversation about something and like all of a sudden 
I would just like start crying because I like felt hurt. And I'm like, that thing shouldn't have hurt me. Or like, um, if someone even were to ask me like, Hey, how are you doing? I like just want them to start crying. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? Um, and I also was noticing I was like sleeping a lot and I was very apathetic. Like I didn't really care to engage with people. Mm. Um, I was in my room a lot and that was not like the past two years. I mm. would really engage with their family, but I just like didn't want to. And just like, um, I don't know. It was really weird. And I just wanted to sleep after work every day. Yeah. And so I was laying in bed and I like was having a hard time sleeping. Uh, I was laying in bed and I was like, gosh, when did all this like start? And I Googled, uh, emotions and concussion just like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Cause I was like, I feel like it started around that time and saw that there's post concussion syndrome. And I was like, what? And like one of the symptoms oh. are like, um, I can't remember how they phrase it, but basically like you don't have control of your emotions. Like you either are laughing all the time or crying all the time. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's me. And like, it talks about like apathy and things like that. And I was like, okay, like this is all making sense of like, maybe my post concussion like had something to do with it. Um, so then Meg had said, uh, at one point, like, I think it was in December, if you aren't feeling better by the end of January, you like, you are going to see someone like you have to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And so then Sometimes you just need someone to make you do stuff. Oh my gosh. Well, and with her, she had one point, I mean, yeah, she was like, meds aren't bad you know like if you need help like these aren't bad things because mm -hmm. like i remember i can't remember what psalm it is um there was one psalm where it was like i feel like i'm down in this like dark pit and like reaching out for help but like i can't like reach high enough or like mm. the person's hand it like isn't coming yeah. like that's like how i felt i felt like i was just like screaming for help but i didn't know how or like what that was mm. Uh, and I felt like nobody cared, which is such a lie. But um, anyway, so I went to the doctor the end of January uh, and was then like diagnosed with anxiety and mild depression. Uh, so then I went on meds and then I also had met with Carol and she had recommended seeing a therapist. Who's um, like our, she's on staff here at Hope. Yeah. Meets with people to talk yeah. through those things and yeah. refers people to things. And Yeah. Carol was great. She's great. Yeah. It was really helpful. And I think, so I was really grateful for that. So then I started seeing a therapist in January, end of January. Um, and could you sit, could you pretty significant, like you feel a change once you oh my God. got diagnosed and they had you on the right medication? Yeah. I like was like, I'm myself again. Like, this is great. Like I remember going in for my checkup and she's like, how are you doing? And I was like, I like think, can think clearly now. Like yeah. I think from, October to end of January, like I was, I just was like, so in my head, um, that I couldn't verbalize like, just like the pain or like the anxiety that was like mm. weighing on me. Yeah. Um, and so with the meds and then also seeing a therapist, I'm doing cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, so it's like helping me like retrain my thought processes, um, mm. has been really helpful. Um, and I would say like, it doesn't, me and I, like, I would say just, like, a week and a half ago, well, I, like, still, like, get chest pain. And, like, I still have mm -hmm. to, like, remind myself, like, these things aren't true. Like, you are okay. And 
Um, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd, yeah, I don't know. It's been a, definitely like a learning season because I think before I couldn't relate to people who had like struggled with like mm. anxiety or like yeah. things like that. But then now through therapy, I was like, I think I've had anxiety my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and, but for some reason through the concussion, it was just exasperated um, mm -hmm. in a way that has like moved me to now like want to deal with it and like learn how to like hope and understand. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you, um, uh, do you feel like that this is like a temporary thing or, uh, yeah. maybe you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then, and then I'm wondering like how that connects to your, you just shared a lot of stories about like people being really important. Uh -huh. How, how like the community of people around you. Yeah. Um, also plays into that like do you share that with most yeah. people or certain people and they're like involved in that with you or? yeah um I would say like so before I started seeing a therapist something Meg had said too is like the Lord said like puts like great people around you and like Carol said that too but maybe they can't like help you in the way that a therapist mm -hmm. could yeah. and so that was something and I was like I don't want to like burden my friends like yeah. that was like the last thing I want to do and so I'd say now, like, it is really helpful because, like, I'd say my all my like, close friends know that, like, this is something, even, like, my small group. And, like, they know I see a therapist and stuff. And um, so I think that's been helpful because, like, they'll say, they'll ask, like, what are you learning? Or, like, what, how has she, like, helped you to, like, think about that? Or mm -hmm. um, even just, like, my chest is feeling really tight right now. Can you, like, be praying just because... Mm -hmm. I like feel like I'm caught in it and I don't know how to like get myself out and yeah. Yeah. To like feel relaxed. So. Yeah. So you feel like you're, you're like right now learning how to like take all those tools and yeah. use them together. Yeah. Um, rather than like throw something out and it's only this thing or this thing. Yeah. Well, I'm learning. Like, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself, which then like feeds my anxiety. So that's well, you, really fun. You never live up to your own expectations. <laughs> no, I've learned from therapy that I have an ideal like self, yeah. which is not realistic ever. And so like in my ideal self, I'm like this ideal, perfect runner. I'm this ideal, perfect, like staff member, uh, girlfriend, friend, you know, like uh -huh. all these things. And, and then it's, I'm not, no, ever. ever. Thankfully, like <laughs> so glad I'm not, but yeah, so my anxiety is typically caused by, like, what is my ideal expectation? Oh, wait, that's not real. What's reality? Yeah. That's such, like, a good gospel truth. <laughs> Just that, like, we are not nearly as awesome as we think. Oh, we'll be. no. Like, what a, to be humbled is so good. Like, it's really freeing in the end, oh, right? Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, I don't have to be that. Yeah. But it's so hard because often that's yeah. what's bothering us. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. It's really cool to hear that you're like where you're at now. Yeah. Just seeing, being able to be around a little bit of that, at least mm -hmm. in the last few years and seeing you try to work through that and hearing you, about you falling downstairs and <laughs> concussions. I and and uh, I remember seeing that long after that because you ha like weren't allowed to like read or because mm -mm. of the concussion yeah. was so bad. And you say, I'm like, I might just start crying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought, Oh, the, I experienced that when I had surgery, like the trauma, uh, I would just start crying. I didn't know why. Yeah. And everything was like very exaggerated. Uh -huh. So thing that normally was like 
I would maybe would feel a little like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. I would just be just bawling and I would just want to like save all yes. the, all that creatures in the world. Yeah. Because it was so sad to see a movie <laughs> with like an animal die. Yeah. I, it was like a wild experience. Uh, it kind of does. It does something that like shows those things that maybe were smaller, like really exaggerates. Them yeah. Yeah. And thank God like that. Yeah. That now you can. I mean, I just see there's like a different freedom in you and a. Mm -hmm life in a clear it's yeah. a little clearer yeah here yeah that's cool i'm very thankful that's really great um a couple of things if people are listening to this and they want to run with you <laughs> on this cool team world vision um how would they get connected to that i could see someone being excited about that yeah no uh I just email me at kaylin k-a-e-l-y-n at hopecc.com all right and they can get connected to yeah that. we'll have a team we didn't have a team this year uh, but we'll have a team running again through hope this coming like 2019 that's very cool yeah or they could probably google like twin cities Team World vision, vision or something yeah. and get connected yeah um and also i what would your encouragement be for someone who is trying to figure out what to do with their anxiety or has these feelings and maybe goes i want to take steps to figure out what would be some of your first steps that you'd encourage them with yeah i would say like um asking to like have you opened and shared it with a friend um I think it took me a while and I was thankful. I mean, Mark and Meg really saw like the rawness of my anxiety inside them to like process things with. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you can share either with a roommate or someone in your small group or whatever it might be, um, your spouse, that this is something that's occurring. Um, even reaching out to someone on staff here at Hope, whether that be me or Carol or Julie or Natty, uh, even Shannon, uh, we would all love to just like help you kind of figure out what next steps might be. And then I would also encourage, I think therapy is great. I would recommend a therapist to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a helpful outside resource um, that they just have so much knowledge and wisdom. And they've um, been trained specifically yeah. to know how to help someone in this yeah. thing. Uh, more than your friend who like can read blogs about it. Right, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In a really helpful way. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. That's really good. Well, hopefully there's people, I know people who have, when they finally take the step to talk about it, it's amazing how quickly sometimes even there can be oh, just, relief. Yeah. It's um, just like something that was dark is not like brought into the light. Yeah. And you're like, wow, okay. I don't have to like carry this anymore by myself. Yeah. Yeah. And what a great opportunity to care for people. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for listening today if you're listening and uh, check out our other podcasts we have our sermon podcast from downtown or lower town um, check out hopecc.com if you want to know what's going on at Hope 